0: what's up everybody and welcome back to the casual big 10 podcast week nine jam-packed week nine some great matchups some really good games that we're going to discuss we'll talk about the standings we'll talk about the bets that i lost once again and we're going to talk about how the bye weeks are completely over we're going to do that right now no more bye weeks the rest of the year we'll have seven big 10 games going forward the only real scheduling thing that is going to be different going forward is that the last weekend of the year um nebraska i forget who they're playing but they're playing on the friday after thanksgiving instead of saturday that's the only weird scheduling thing but if you're minnesota indiana purdue maryland you're coming off your bye this week that was the last teams that are getting bye weeks they're all done now and it's also halloween so happy halloween to everybody hope you're gonna have fun tonight and you got your costumes ready and you're going trick-or-treating maybe with your children or you are a child and you're listening to this podcast for some reason because you're just a huge Big Ten fan and you're getting ready to go trick-or-treating right now. Be safe out there, guys. Be safe. Hope everyone has fun tonight. So, happy Halloween to everybody. But let's talk about these games, though. And it started right at noon with the big matchup, Ohio State versus Penn State. Ohio State wins the game 44-31. to But that was really not an indication of how this game went. It was a great way to start the day. And Penn State had all the makings of a team that was going to pull an upset. Most of the people that I was interacting with in real life and on Twitter were hoping that Penn State was going to pull this upset, not because anyone necessarily hates Ohio State, but because Ohio State's undefeated and people love chaos, especially when it comes to college football. So a lot of people that I was talking to were hoping that Penn State was going to win. They had the lead at halftime. It was 14 to 13. Uh, Ohio state had a slight lead. They kicked a field goal right before the fourth quarter. That was the only score in the third quarter and they were up 16 to 14, but then Ohio state totally showed up. Their weapons showed up. Uh, their defense got a fumble recovery for a touchdown. They ended up actually having a big enough lead to cover the 15 and a half at one point. And then Clifford comes down. He scores another late, late touchdown and, uh, Basically says, you know, you guys are going to win, but you can't beat us by You can't cover the spread. You can't cover that on us. Not today. Not while we're at home. Good win for Ohio State. Stroud, he has another big game. Not touchdown-wise. He only had one. But passing yards-wise, he has 354 passing yards. The interesting thing for me for Ohio State was that Williams didn't get a ton of carries. Henderson was really the one that was carrying the load for them. Um, And Clifford. He had what I thought, if you're watching the game, I thought that he had a good game. The problem was he had three interceptions. Now, he had 371 yards passing, which is a lot. He actually outpassed Stroud yards-wise. And he had three touchdowns, so he had more touchdowns too. So really, from that aspect, he played a little bit better. But the problem is, when you're playing Ohio State, you cannot make that many mistakes. You cannot give them the ball three times and expect to still win the game, even if you are at home. It doesn't matter. Um, So good game for Ohio State. You're looking at the Big Ten East now. I still think that Penn State is on that second tier right below Ohio State and Michigan. And what we're lining up for basically at this point is right around Thanksgiving, that Ohio State and Michigan game, you're looking at the schedules. It feels like they're going to be undefeated going into that game, which would be a giant game. Ohio State lost last year, so you know they're going to be mad. They're going to be ready to win, and then Michigan wants to go back to the Big Ten championship. So that's going to, if that holds up, it's it's what I'm hoping for. It's what I'm hoping for because that would that game would be absolutely nuts if those games if those two teams are still undefeated at the end of the year. So uh, keep an eye on that going forward. Uh, the next game that we have, my my least favorite game of the weekend, and I'll explain why for a couple of reasons here in just a minute. But Rutgers in Minnesota, Minnesota ho-hum. They win 31-0. to Rutgers is just bad. They're not... I don't know, man. They're, they're challenging Northwestern, but they're, they, they were playing tough at the beginning of the year, and I don't know. They're just kind of falling apart. Um, it's getting worse for them, though. They're playing Michigan next week at home, and I do not expect any upsets in that game. Tanner Morgan did play. I uh, couldn't find any information leading up to the game. I was seeking it out, but he was playing when I turned it on, and uh, the thing is, though, that they didn't need him at all. Tanner Morgan could have sat on the sideline for this game because Mo Ibrahim rushed the ball 36 times. He had three touchdowns, 159 yards. They probably could have handed him the ball every single play. Every play. probably could have ran the same play, actually. No offense, Rutgers. They could have ran the same play with Mo Ibrahim the whole game, and they probably still would have won, I'm guessing. I mean, they would have only needed one touchdown because they didn't score. So, uh, Good win for Minnesota. I'm glad they didn't lose four in a row. They kind of right the ship here and finally pick up another win. They needed it badly, and Rutgers is a good spot to get it in um, when you're a team that's struggling like that. I did have an interesting interaction on Twitter with somebody I wanted to mention too. Um, I was responding to another Big Ten account, and they were asking, what matchups do you like today? And I said, they're all great matchups, which they were on Saturday, except for Minnesota and Rutgers. And I had someone respond to me and say, your your name suits what you just said, meaning that I'm a casual because that's my name on Twitter. Well, first of all, that doesn't offend me because I don't think that that, like, is a mean or derogatory thing to say. I'm fine being a casual. I think everybody should be. Um, But secondly, what about that matchup gets anybody excited ever? And especially while the game's going on. When he tweeted that at me, I'm assuming it was a he, um I don't know why. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. He or she tweeted that at me. I said, "Well, first of all, it's 24 to 0. It's not a rivalry game. It had zero impact on the Big 10 standings. There was no big plays, really. <laughs> I mean, it was like why would anybody be excited about that game? Even if you're a Minnesota fan, you just lost 3 in a row." You can't really be excited that you just went in and beat up on Rutgers. I mean, I guess you just want to see your team finally. I don't know. There was no reason that anyone should be excited about that matchup. I was right about that, and uh, I don't know what this person was trying to get at when they were responding to me, but whatever. Like I said, good job for Minnesota, and uh, Rutgers, uh, man, like I said, it's getting worse. It's getting worse for you guys. Michigan's coming to town, and they're going to be ready to win. Uh, The next game that we have was Iowa. They beat Northwestern, who I've been saying is the worst team in the Big Ten all year. Uh, This was kind of a game for them to say, hey, our offense can do something, but nobody's impressed. (laughs) I mean, nobody's impressed that you scored on Northwestern. I'm just going to be really honest about it. They rushed the ball 36 times, basically the same amount of times Mo Ibrahim did for Minnesota. But the difference was they used seven different running backs or sometimes their quarterback to rush the ball. So they had a lot of people they were spreading the ball out to Petrus has a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And that's like a career day for him this year because they, I don't know if he scored. I don't know if he has two touchdowns in a game and especially doing, doing it two different ways. That's gotta be, I mean, it's gotta feel good for him to do that. um, Even if it is against Northwestern Uh, Northwestern, I talked about this last week. You have one more shot to win. I mean, realistically, I'm going to pull up their schedule just to make sure I'm not going crazy here, but we're looking at Northwestern's schedule here. Let me give me just one second. I think they play Michigan State still, right? Nope, they don't. They got Ohio State, Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois, and I don't see a win there. Maybe Minnesota? I don't know. That's going to be tough. They're going to Minnesota. I don't see them winning. So I think Minnesota was done winning after week zero, and I, I think it's going to continue. The good thing, the one silver lining for them, though, is that Sullivan did play. Helensky was still on the bench. I still don't know what's going on with him. If anyone knows, please tell me. Uh, but Sullivan has two touchdowns and an interception. But this game was over at halftime. I didn't watch the second half. It was 20-0 to at halftime, and I was like, Northwestern might not score. There's no reason to watch the rest of this game. So I didn't, especially because at the same time, Illinois and Nebraska were playing and this was fun to watch especially at the beginning it had all the makings of a classic game to start Illinois scores they missed the extra point which was weird to begin with Nebraska scores the next 9 points and they it looked like it was going to be a battle it just looked it looked so fun at the beginning like twitter was popping off and it was just like this is amazing it was 6 to 9 after that and Nebraska had the 9 And then they didn't get any more points. They stopped scoring. Uh, Casey Thompson got hurt. I'm not exactly positive what happened to him. I don't know how bad it was. But once he went down, so did Nebraska. They couldn't score again. Illinois scores 20 points in a row. They uh, keep their – this is the crazy part. So they were leading, I believe, the NCAA in lowest points given up on average at 8.9. And then they did almost the exact same thing on Saturday by giving up nine. So they were right on their average. Even though Nebraska scored those nine really quickly and it looked like they were going to score more, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. For Nebraska, their leading pass catcher had three catches. Their leading rusher had 61 yards. Probably probably not a good rest. Of- if you're going into that game, that's not what you want to try to pull off a upset. Basically, I mean, it was an upset. Illinois is winning the West right now you're going to pull off an upset, you need someone to catch more than three passes. You're probably going to need someone to rush for more than 61 yards. I don't know. Uh, DeVito has a pretty good game for Illinois. He throws two touchdowns. Chase Brown finds the end zone again. He looked good. Um, I think that what happened with this game, and I tweeted this out, I think that it brings some clarity to the West. I think that the West is kind of, it's not totally figured out, But when you look at Illinois' schedule, they finish with Michigan State. That's what I was thinking during that last game. Purdue, they're at Michigan, and they're at Northwestern. And I think if you look at those four games, I think that if Illinois wins two out of the four, they will be going to Indianapolis. So big game for them next week at home against MSU. I think they have to win that game. And then that sets up for what I think could finish it off for them against Purdue if they can beat Purdue at home. I think they already won the West right there. But then they still have Michigan, which I think they'll lose that game. Um, But we'll see. I mean, anything can happen with that defense. And then they also finish at Northwestern, which they're definitely going to win that game. So you got to win at least against Michigan State or Purdue and then finish with that Northwestern win, and I think they'll win the West. That's how I look at it. I could be wrong, though. Um, But that game against Purdue is going to be huge for them coming up. Great win for Illinois. They keep winning. I've been – man, it' I want to almost go back. I should clip it and put it into this podcast because the first week that I watched Illinois, I was excited about them. And I'm glad that I've kind of been right about them because I've been wrong about a lot of stuff this year. I'm glad I was kind of right about Illinois. They looked fun at the beginning of the year and they've been fun the rest of the year. And then lastly, our night game. So much to talk about with this one. And I'm not going to talk about it all, but I will talk about the football stuff to start. Um, Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan wins 29-7. to This was kind of like the Illinois game that I was just talking about and the Nebraska game where Michigan gets a quick stop. They come down and fumble. Michigan State gets the ball back. They get another stop. Then Michigan comes down, kicks a field goal. This is how the game started. And right after that, on their third possession, Michigan State goes down. They start throwing the ball around. Keon Coleman was going crazy. He was catching everything. He had a great game. Great game. He had 155 yards, and he catches a touchdown on that third drive, and it's 7-3. to And if you're a Michigan fan, you're thinking, here we go again. What is happening? How are they beating us? How are they winning this game? And if you're a Michigan State fan, you're thinking, here we go again, baby. We're right in this game. We're going to upset them at home. We're going to ruin their season, and here we go. Let's do this. And then just like the Nebraska game, Michigan State does not score again. What I took away from this game is I thought that Michigan tried. I didn't think they played to win the game. I really didn't think that they played like that because they really limited J.J. McCarthy. He was more of a game manager in this game, which was fine for them because that's all they really needed. Michigan State's not that good this year. Um, and they leaned on Corum a lot. He had 33 carries, 177 yards. He had a touchdown. But I thought that what Michigan was doing was – trying to shorten the game they were trying to run the ball they won the time of possession battle 35 to 25 so they had 10 minutes more uh they had the ball for 10 minutes longer in this game and that worked out for them because if you look at the game last year the reason that michigan lost was because when michigan State had the ball they scored so what do you do you take the ball out of their hands you run the ball you shorten the game and you capitalize on mistakes and michigan did that Um, There was a punt that was fumbled. That was a big play. Michigan scores after that, and it was really kind of over at that point. Um, Good win for Michigan. Like I said, they stay undefeated and kind of set up for that matchup against Ohio State at the end of the year, which, again, is what I'm really, really hoping for. I hope that that's going to happen. I hope they both stay undefeated. If you're on Twitter, though, no one's talking about the game like I just did at all. All anyone is talking about is what happened in the tunnel after the game. If you remember last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, Penn State had problems in the tunnel. There were some things being thrown. And then this week, there's been a ton of video out. You can go find it on Twitter. There was a fight in the tunnel. Four guys from Michigan State have been suspended so far. There's an investigation ongoing. Two people from Michigan State basically got beat up by a ton of people from Michigan State. And I... There's there's too much going on right now with this for me to like take. I'm not there's no sides to be taken on this. I like to talk about the football and all anyone I I see on Twitter is talking about this tunnel incident. My biggest thing is that I don't know why a Michigan player would go in the tunnel without his team to begin with. It it, it makes no sense to me. Just stay out on the field until Michigan State has cleared out and gone into the locker room and then go in. Um, And these kids are in college. That's the other thing. Sometimes you get beat up. Now, I'm not justifying. With those two things being said, I'm not justifying anything that Michigan State did. I still think that they were wrong, and that shouldn't have happened. It should never happen in a college football game, but it happened. Uh, Two of the guys that got suspended were talking about football because that's what I want to talk about is football. Angelo Gross and Zion Young each had three tackles in that game, so they are players. The other two guys didn't play that got suspended. But those two guys are actual players, and Michigan State desperately needs all hands on deck when you're talking about their defense. So to lose two guys that are on the field and actually playing for them, that's not good going into a game against Illinois, who's winning the West next week. That's going to be tough for them. I, I don't know how that's going to affect them. I don't know where they're going to be back or where they're going to be at mentally. If I'm Mel Tucker, though, I try to use this incident to galvanize the guys and go pick up a huge upset win next week. That's what I would try to do. Um, But you know what? I'm just doing a podcast, and he's making millions of dollars, so I'm I'm sure he'll have it figured out. Um, There's people, there's police involved, people pressing charges. I'm not going to talk about all that. That's not where I. I'll stay in my lane and talk about football. And speaking of football, Michigan State. If you want to be bowl eligible, you got to start doing some things in the next few weeks. You might need to win that game against Illinois. You have three wins right now, and you need to get to six. And here's your remaining schedule, which means you have to win three of these. I don't think they're going to, by the way. Spoiler. They have to win at Illinois. You have a game against Rutgers. That's one. Remember, you got to win three. You have a game against Indiana. That's two. I would think. I don't know, though. I don't know. Indiana might even win that game, but that's at home for Michigan State. And then they finish at Penn State. So you got to win either at Illinois or at Penn State. And then you also still have to win Rutgers and Indiana to be bowl eligible. I don't think they're going to do it. I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, So we'll see how Michigan State finishes up the year. Good win for Michigan, like I said though. All right, let's finish up, finish up even with some shout outs.